John Wilson, Democratic candidate for Kansas District 45, or as Stephen Colbert would put it, the Fightin' 45th. Thank you very much for joining us here at Lawrence.com. Thank you for having me. We are a fighting group of people. That's right. <laughs> Rabble rousers, all. Uh, let's talk a little bit about your background. Okay. Um, as you were just mentioning, you are a KU graduate, and you have a Bachelor of Fine Arts degree in design, I believe. Correct. Uh, being a Bachelor of Fine Arts, does that make you sort of a closeted, goateed, communist, Manchurian candidate? Right, you know... The, uh, the people of the 45th have a right to know. That's right, and, and most of them will know that when, when they see me on the doorstep, that I am not uh, a goatee-wearing uh, Manchurian candidate. Uh, first, because it would take me week to, weeks to grow facial hair. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, for me, the reason I chose design as my, as my major uh, really came out of the fact that I see design as three things. Uh, communication of an idea, attention to detail, and problem-solving. So um, to me, you know, you know how a lawyer sometimes thinks like a lawyer in a very analytical way. I think uh, designers think about problems, whether they're social problems or whether they're true design problems, in, in a very interesting way that can provide multiple viable solutions to a problem. So I really wanted to focus my kind of design studies on design for the social good. Um, and so that's why when I was in school, uh, I certainly did the design work and stayed up uh, ungodly hours working on design projects, but I bolster that with community service and civic and kind of community engagement. And after you graduated, you joined the William J. Clinton Foundation in New York. Uh, you were there for a year, was it? A little over a year. You know, I, I initially came on board as an unpaid worker um, working in the marketing department generally, uh, but actually that allowed me to um, work in a number of different areas that the foundation focused on, or still focuses on, uh, from global climate change to uh, sustainable development in uh, Africa to um, uh, AIDS and HIV, AIDS work in Africa, small business development in Harlem. So uh, it, was, it was a nice way to uh, quickly learn about a lot of issues, not only here domestically, but internationally. And then I kind of moved on to work specifically on a domestic policy initiative focused on reducing the prevalence of childhood obesity in the country. Mm. And uh, the time you spent with the Clinton Foundation, uh, I assume that um, you would then want to drag our country back to those awful eight years of peace and prosperity of the Clinton administration. Why would you want to do that? Right. Well, you know, the, the beauty of working at the Clinton Foundation is that it is nonpartisan I and mean, truly is a, uh, a nonprofit organization. And I was thankful to kind of be insulated from uh, uh, kind of political rancor uh, and just helping people and helping improve people's lives. But uh, you are right in that uh, you know, President Clinton is a, is a visionary a man who, who did a lot of good for the country when he was... Uh, in office and has continued to do good since leaving office, in my opinion. And you said that um, you've kind of focused uh, on childhood obesity. Uh, why do you consider that an important uh, area to tackle? And if we were to solve childhood obesity, wouldn't that decimate America's husky pants industry? Yeah, you know, that's a huge lobby that mm, people don't know about. Powerful. Is the, is the, powerful. Is the husky slash big boned uh, <laughs> garment industry. And, you know, the thing is, uh, you'll, you'll hear it uh, all over the place that, you know, kids these days are so unhealthy, they're lazy, parents are lazy. And, you know, while I think there is a personal responsibility element to things, uh, the, the bottom line is we are looking at the, the first generation of young people that could potentially live shorter lives than their parents. 
And to me, it certainly is a public health problem, but it's also a social justice issue, and it's um, an economic issue in that uh, you, 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 if we have a workforce that's unhealthy, we have uh, an unproductive workforce, and we can't compete with other countries. Uh, in addition to that, you have billions of dollars of health care costs associated with chronic illness related to obesity. So uh, certainly it, it is about um, the health, but there are so many far-reaching effects if we don't help kids live healthier lifestyles. Hmm. On to your current campaign. Sure. To unseat Tom Sloan. Um, experience. First of all, how old are you? I'll be 25 in October. Mm. Um do you think that experience, uh, you, as far as I understand, you've not been in elected office before. Um, do you think that that is an issue uh, that is uh, up to debate uh, and is a valid one, unless you're talking about Sarah Palin? That's completely off the table. <laughs> right. You know, I, uh, I don't think my age is an issue, and it hasn't been when I've been knocking uh, on people's doors for the past, uh, you know, several months. And so... Um, I, if anything, I see my age as an advantage because we are facing problems right now in the state that if uh, that not only immediately impact us, I'm talking in the form of health care and job creation and the environment, uh, but they also have the potential to impact people my age and younger. And so I say, why sit around and, and wait to inherit those problems and we can uh, you know, do something a little bit more uh, preventative? Um. Let's get to some of the policy specifics that sure. you're going to be campaigning on. Um, the environment, which is a big generic term, but uh, specifically what environmental policy would you like to see applied here in Kansas? Uh, and how would that impact people's lives and the state economy? Sure. You know, I think you, you probably know this, that um, Kansas is the third windiest state in the country. And there's a lot of talk about wind development in Kansas, which I think there should be. Uh, the problem is there hasn't been as much action in turning that uh, potential into um, actual concrete um, development. And so for me, I think we need uh, a sustainable, uh, forward-thinking, uh, and comprehensive energy policy that, that kind of diversifies the mix that we currently have. We're over-reliant on you know, traditional forms of fuel like coal. You know, 75% of Kansas's energy comes from coal. So I'm saying we need to uh, first squeeze everything we can out of efficiency and conservation and, and create standards and incentives to do that. Then we need to move on to renewable energy development, uh, particularly in the form of wind, but uh, certainly looking at other technologies. And then you fill in uh, with more traditional sources of energy. Uh, you won't hear me ever say that, that coal uh, won't ever be a part of the Kansas energy mix. The thing is, we just need to broaden that mix. And I think Kansas um, uh, is, is rich with, with potential for wind energy, and we could create thousands of jobs. We can allow people to, to, to work and live in the communities that they grew up in uh, throughout the state, uh, and we can uh, increase our tax base uh, through wind energy development. To me, it's, it's common sense, and if you look at, at recent polls, it's common sense to most Kansans. Uh, they favor aggressive development of wind energy. But... Don't we need more coal-fired power plants that ship 90% of their energy out of state? Isn't that what's best for Kansas? Well, you know, it's good for uh, a small group of people, I would imagine, um, uh, the people funding this campaign to make people think that. Um, and it's about 76% it's about, uh, of uh, the energy would have right. gone uh, to Texas and Colorado. Even better! There we are. So that makes it so much more palatable. 
uh, I think I think the thing is we we certainly need to be aware of our base load, but uh, within Kansas we have not fully explored uh, and and pushed forward uh, alternative energy that can can meet our needs and not have any or not have as harsh of negative byproducts. The thing about the coal plants in western Kansas is the scale. I, I, I disagree with the scale uh, to which they were being built. You know, fourteen hundred megawatts. I disagree with the fact that most of that energy was going out of state. Um, and the fact that um, it, it really um, was relying on um, technology that's not yet commercially viable. And at the same time, the cost of coal, not only the raw coal material, but the cost of building the coal plants is going up and up and up. And I think if we're going to invest in energy, let's invest in something that doesn't have as uh, high a cost in the long term. Uh, so as long as, you know, things stay relatively the same, Kansas is going to keep having a windy environment. Well, I believe Kansas has been described as the Saudi Arabia of wind. Sure. And I think we could, well, uh, I guess this metaphor may not be the best, but we could be the tr Detroit of wind energy uh, <laughs> manufacturing, only we don't want to have a, a bust. <laughs> Although that would be culturally a boon because, well, NC5, Iggy and the Stooges, White Stripes, I think that would be also a great. Although... <laughs> The Saudi Arabia analogy, does that mean we can install an autocratic uh, fundamentalist regime? Yeah, and uh, ignore human rights. Yeah. That's why I don't, that's why I don't like awesome. That's why I don't like that analogy. <laughs> yeah. uh, moving on to health care. Governor Sebelius has tried to shore up the state health care system with an increase on cigarette taxes. Um, First of all, do you agree with that specific proposal? And if not, or if so, uh, what would your approach be to healthcare generally? Hmm. You know, I, I'm uh, on on her stance on the on the tax. I think I'm still uh, trying to figure that out. My my concern with it is that it's uh, it's it's not a permanent revenue stream. I mean, I, ideally, we want as few of people smoking in Kansas as possible to protect long term health. Therefore, your tax base goes away. So I think I have concerns with that. But I think the intention is, is in the right place, that we need to do more to make health care more affordable and accessible to, to all Kansas families and individuals. And, you know, for me, uh, you know, working within the childhood obesity arena, you know, prevention is a, is a huge part of that. And I think if we can encourage ways to um, prevent chronic illness, uh, then that's what we need to do. And, and you know, frankly, a lot of insurance companies um, don't cover the cost of preventative care. You know, I can have my $45,000 heart surgery, uh, but I can't have the $50 visit uh, to a nutritionist covered by my health insurance. And, and to me, that's, that's a problem there is, uh, you know, whether it's related to heart health or whether it's relating to smoking cessation, most insurance companies aren't going to cover that, that prevention. And, and we need to do something to, to fix that. And there are m much more smarter people out there that can, that can help me understand that and help Kansans understand why we need to move in that direction. You are running against Tom Sloan, who's been in the House, I believe, for eight years now, uh, four terms? Fourteen years, seven terms. Ah, okay, there pardon me. Yep. Pardon me. Um, boy, I don't even know where I got my statistics. Old, <laughs> old Google search, I think. Um, what are some of the distinctions that you're drawing with Tom Sloan? Why would the 45th be better served with you representing it as opposed to Tom Sloan? Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's an excellent question. I should also I should preface it first that I think um, uh, you know I, I respect Tom Sloan's 14 years in office because he you know he's been there quite a long time and um, has has done uh, some good for for the people in the district and for the people in the state of Kansas. 
It isn't until recently, in my opinion, that I feel like he's turned less of a public servant and more into a politician um, with his recent votes on coal and concealed carry. Those didn't sit right with me. So for me, um, uh, that being, in, being in office 14 years is, is absolutely a great thing. But my question is, in those 14 years in office, how has Kansas's energy policy um, changed for the better? And I, and I specifically mentioned the energy policy because he really um, is proud of his work on energy and his ability to understand the issues. And he'll talk about the boards that he's on and the panels that he's invited to and the conferences that he speaks at. But uh, if, if our energy policy has not changed and states all around us are developing renewable portfolio standards and net metering policies and, and inviting um, uh, you know, wind turbine manufacturers to their state and creating jobs from that, why, what, what's happened in those 14 years. So to me, it's kind of um, motion isn't progress. Because you clock into work doesn't necessarily mean you're working. So my concern is, um, uh, or I, I, should, I should rephrase it, that what I'm going to do and what I pride myself on is working uh, with all types of people who may or may not agree with me. And then also listening. I think that's such an important part of an, an elected official's job is to listen to their constituents' concerns. And the votes on coal and the votes on concealed carry indicate to me that he wasn't listening to the majority of his constituents. And to a nuts and bolts sort of campaign issue, you actually outraised him uh, by roughly $6,000 in the last uh, filing session. Um, however, he still has about $80 gajillion more on hand than you do. Um, are you foolhardy or insane? You know, I, uh, I am, well, I'm, at first, I'm proud of the amount of money that we've raised. I mean, for uh, a relatively, uh, for a political newcomer, I'm so uh, proud of, of that money and so thankful for the people that helped me get to where I am. I don't think I'm foolhardy. I mean, for somebody who's been in office 14 years, uh, they're bound to have a big war chest. And uh, as we've seen that uh, in political campaigns recently, money isn't everything. I think if you have the right message and if you're kind of doing the legwork of knocking on doors, um, that can really um, make up for any, any um, gap in money. And how do you plan on... I mean, again, he is uh, an incumbent, 14 years. Um, he has this stockpile of cash and gold doubloons. Um, he has, you know, connections to the community that go very deep. Um, is it going to be a grassroots effort to try to uh, fuel this? Do you have any uh, sort of weird sort of alternate campaign strategies to uh, get at that seed, like using, you know, skywriting or Google bombs or whatever? Right. You know, um, the, the, the fuel costs prevent me from doing skywriting, <laughs> um, as well as the, the banners that fly behind the planes. Uh, and I'd like to get my hands on gold doubloons because they might be more stable than the U.S. dollar. <laughs> it's, the wrong, it's the wrong Paul um, campaign strategy. Uh, so, you know, I, uh, you know, for me, it's, it's, it's pretty basic, and it kind of fits the template for local politics, you knock on every single person's door, whether they're Republican, Democrat, or unaffiliated, and that's what I'm doing. Um, and it's it's I'm carrying it's believing in in what you're telling people. And to me, I believe that Kansas can create thousands of jobs with this new energy economy. I believe that we can fully fund education in a way that really supports teachers and students. And I believe that we can address healthcare in a meaningful way. And and I've found that as I've been knocking on doors, people uh, feel that way too. So. Um, you, we've heard it said before. I don't think it, it matters um, what party these ideas come from. If they're if they're good ideas, we need to support those. And so for me, 
um, uh, yes, 14 years in office and thousands and thousands of dollars more than I've raised is, is, uh, is a challenge, but it's not an insurmountable challenge. And speaking to uh, the election, the general election, the presidential election this year, you're also uh, actively involved with the Kansas Democratic Party. And uh, I do believe you uh, put in time at the campaign office for Barack Obama here in town. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you, are you hoping that Barack Obama might be able to help you down ticket? Is that possible in Kansas? You know, I, I, th- I think it is possible in Kansas. And again, I think it comes back to um, the issues that not only Barack Obama, but Democrats nationally and locally stand for. You know, uh, to me, it seems like the Democrats have been the only ones talking about health care and talking about the middle class, talking about job creation and, and, and a clean energy future. And so I'm so thankful to be a part of that ticket. And um, uh, so uh, absolutely, if people favor Barack Obama, then they'll also see that Nancy Boyda shares those values, Jim Slattery, John Wilson, Marcy Francisco, Tom Holland. You know, the whole slate of Democratic candidates here uh, are, are kind of um, supportive of, of these values and these issues. And is it too much uh, for me to um, speculate that Kansas might trend a little blue this year, or am I high? You, you know, uh, what you do before you come into the office is certainly, you know, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what I do in the office in the is office, probably of greater importance right. to the world coming. We are but. in a, a sealed booth here. Um, so, you know, yeah, I have no idea. I mean, I know I, I would be, it would be amazing if Kansas went blue. We might be tinted a little bit more blue than we have in the past. Um, and I hope people realize that the message that Democrats are bringing locally and nationally is one that's going to help them. And finally, John Wilson candidate for the Kansas District 45, the Fightin' 45th. Fightin' 45th. What's your final pitch to the voters of the 45th? Hmm. You know, I would say that, uh, again, I feel that Kansas is at a crossroads and that the issues we face now um, are going to immediately impact us, but also can impact us in the future. So we really need to think um, hard about um, who we want to choose. And for me, I'm bringing forth common sense policies that, um, that are intended to improve people's lives and not impede them. I think we need to create policies that enrich uh, in people's lives and so where they can um, raise their families in a healthy community, that they can have great paying jobs, um, and that they can have a little bit extra to save for the future. So uh, my commitment as a candidate and eventually um, as representative of the 45th District is that I'm going to listen to your ideas and listen to your opinions and listen to uh, your concerns and complaints if you have any. And that that's my goal. That's my job is to represent you in Topeka. And I will do that to the best of my ability. John Wilson, again, candidate for the Kansas 45th. Go fight in 45th. Thank you very much for joining us here at Lawrence.com. Thanks for having me.